welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Nikki Barua, your host for today's episode. Do you have a goal or a lifelong dream that you've never shared with anyone because you're afraid of being judged? Do you worry about not knowing enough or not having the right skills or perhaps even questioning whether it's the right time? Well, today we're speaking with Petra Griffith, technology executive and investor who says that if you want to pursue your dream, you have to start by vocalizing it. Petra launched Wedbush Ventures to foster the next generation of technology companies solving big market problems. Having built many firsts, the first online printing software, the first fitness wearable, the first native ads, and even having ushered a bank into the age of technology, Petra truly understands the mindset necessary to achieve product market fit. Her leadership roles at organizations such as Netflix, Yahoo, and 24-Hour Fitness makes Petra a coveted ally to entrepreneurs ready to scale innovation. In this episode, Petra shares why it's important to build a community of mentors and peers, express your ambition, and allow others to help you get there. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Petra. Hi, Petra. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I am am fascinated by your career journey because you're someone who has changed lanes through so many different roles and industries. And it's one of the things that so many people are fearful about, about making a change and wondering about being successful, you know, when they switch industries or switch roles. Tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, what has allowed you to do that. Yeah, no, it's something I think a lot about and, and you know, and it also, it's all about also how you shape the story and it's not in an inauthentic way. It's just, it's, it's about, you know, all the experiences that make you who you are. And I think the, the more that you allow yourself to have different experiences, the more multifaceted you become and uh, the, the more the more you can actually, I think, be valuable in different, um, in, in so many different ways. And, and mm-hmm. especially as a leader, I think that makes uh, having a variety of different experiences and roles, um, I think makes it makes you that much more effective as a leader. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, my journey started, I mean, just going back to college, I studied international politics and economics. I wanted to mm-hmm. be a diplomat. That was my, uh, that was kind of my aspiration and goal in life. And, and uh, I started working for a think tank and they got so frustrated with, with the lack of, of action and movement. And I would just, you know, editing papers and, and, and you know, writing research. And, and I was like, there's got to be more to life than writing research papers. And no offense <laughs> to anybody who does that. It just as a, you know, as a 21-year-old, um, I, I had kind of had a drive to action that was not... Um, 
not really being addressed there. So at the advice of my father, actually, you know, his advice was just put yourself into the stream of, of the future. Like, where is the yeah. world going? And just put yourself, don't, don't worry about the role, just go and learn. Um, I'm always been like, I'm a curious person. I always like learning and I, I'm always up for new opportunities, sometimes almost to a fault. And, and so I um, decided to take an opportunity with Time Incorporated as a, as a new product analyst. It was right when the, you know, internet became, uh, from a media perspective, uh, um, kind of a, a, a medium. And, you know, and I, I then you know, stepped into this tech bubble, not new tech mm-hmm. bubble, this tech stream, this internet stream, and, and I just became hooked. Um, and, and that's where I started my career. And, and I would say every step of the way, I always ask myself, what does success look like? Mm. Both from a personal perspective, from my like, personal ambition, what's the right environment for me? Am I happy? Um, am, am, I, am I pushing myself to my limit? I always find that I want to push myself and I, I want to grow. And um, so every step I take, I always think, have I grown? And where do I want to grow next? And so for me, it always helps to have like a, kind of a, I don't want to call it a North Star, but a direction of where I want to go, of what, mm-hmm. where I think I want to go, but not be too prescriptive about it because then you miss out on opportunities. And and so every step of the way, I always ask myself like, okay, at 20, if I had to think about myself in 20 years, okay. how would I look back to this? And is this where I'd want to go? And is what 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 do I want to prioritize now? And and so I've I've gone from, you know, early stage, so I went in startups, you know, kind of one of the first employees at my, my first three startups and then mm-hmm. went to a large, went to Yahoo. Um, and in each of those was really this decision of like, what, what do I need to learn? What do I, where do I feel like I need to, to either learn or push myself or where are the growth mm-hmm. opportunities? Um, and so, you know, I've gone from, you know, was at Yahoo and, and product roles in, in, in Yahoo um, at, on the ad tech side. Uh, really loved um, you know, bringing advertisers and, and, and consumers together and figuring out what's the best experience mm-hmm. on both sides. Um, and then went into banking and, and started to start a banking division here in Los Angeles. And, and that was really um, a drive to try something other than product and this realization that you know, if I look at my career trajectory in a large tech organization, being the chief product officer was not what I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. And so then what is that? And I'm always thinking about uh, being okay with trying something different and really thinking about what your strengths are um, mm-hmm. and what kind of environment fits you. And the environment part, I think, is really important. And I think we sometimes underestimate is like what kind of environment makes us happy. And, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Like, it's okay to say, I don't want to be in a large company and a lot of 10 large companies offer a lot more opportunities than you think about. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, went to start uh, to start up banking, uh, um, kind of worked with startups, but was in a banking environment. Um, and then, you know, really decided I wanted to go back into tech and was miss, miss the, the, um, uh, the, the great thing I've always enjoyed about tech is this, this mentality of you can do anything and, and mm-hmm. the sky is your limit. And that's, what I love about tech and I really missed when I was in banking. Um, and, you know, and then realizing that I really wanted to help fund ideas. That's what gets me really excited. And so, you know, my journey has really been one from, you know, to making the most of every opportunity, not really worrying about too much about where you're going, but always thinking about, you know, how do I, um, how do I, I 
excel, but also, you know, for me, it was always this, like, if I had to be honest with myself, I was always in thinking about how could I become an investor? And mm-hmm. I didn't really allow myself to say that until probably about a year ago. And, uh, and then once, once I was able to say that and, and communicate that, it was interesting how quickly uh, things fell into motion. And that's why I always say, it's like, you're honest with yourself about what you want to do and be really think about what your skill set is and really think about what you're, what you're good at, what kind of environment you want to be at. Mm. And, and then when you find that right match, it just, it's magic. Um, Yeah. Things just become effortless and, you know, just exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a fascinating journey through, you know, large companies, startups, banking, technology, and now as an investor to, um, you know, arrive at this point, in some ways, when you describe it, you make it sound effortless, you know, switching the lanes. Um, but for someone listening in who perhaps has a dream in their heart that uh, yet their reality is quite different, maybe they're doing a job because they have to pay the bills and they have a family to care for, a lot of times those aspirations don't turn into action. You know, they remain a dream that you do nothing about. Is there something practical you could share with someone in that situation that really feels passionately about a dream, but literally doesn't even know where to begin the path of switching lanes? Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a great question. And, and I think we've all been there. I mean, I've definitely been there where, uh, you know, my husband lost his job and, and, you know, I was not very happy necessarily where I was, but it, was, it wasn't really an option of, of making a change at that point. To so I think the, the from a practical perspective, the two things that I uh, have helped me, and, and one is really making the time to, to there's a, um, I think Reed Hoffman wrote a book called The Startup of You, mm-hmm. um, that, which I think has some really great exercises that uh, dig deep into what your superpower is. And so even if you're in a, in a job, it's just a job and, and you have this dream and you want to get out of it. Um, really make sure that you, that's the dream is something that is realistic. Not, I shouldn't say realistic for you, but, but I think a lot of times we get obsessed with these specific dreams and then we get there and we're like, oh, this is not exactly where I wanted to be. Um, and so, so take some time to, to really think through what is your superpower? What are you good at? What kinds of environments would you be successful in? Um, and then as much as you can. So that's one thing, like do those exercises and then, to is um, use your free time to, to start um, networking, uh, you know, go to some, I mean, I'm here in, in Los Angeles, um, uh, you know, there's, there are meetups that are posted, just push, put yourself out there. That's one thing I learned. It's, um, is just going to some of these uh, meetup and it's hard sometimes, but mm-hmm. uh, just start meeting people and then asking people for coffee. And I think if you just say, Hey, I'm really interested to learn more about what you do. Would you mind if I take you for coffee for half an hour? You'd be, you'd be um, surprised at how, how, how open people are to having conversations, mm-hmm. just informational interviews. Like I just want to better understand what you do. Um, and then, you know, building those relationships. And for me, at least I'm always surprised at how like, the doors don't always open immediately, but um, I'm always surprised at how doors do open in unexpected right. ways. 
But bottom line, it's, you know, start taking some kind of action, yeah. start reaching out to people, build the relationships and ask for help. You know, in, you know yep. that can start becoming a lot more real than uh, just a vague idea in someone's head. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's so hard to take that step of like going out and going to a meetup, but just just set yourself goals to say, okay, I'm, you know, uh, I am, you know, my goal for this month is to, to go to a meetup. Just start with one, don't, like give yourself realistic goals. Don't, don't, you know, go crazy. Just, just, just set yourself realistic goals and start. And once you go down the path and just take another step, another step and, and, mm-hmm. you know, go to the meetup, ask someone for coffee, ask that person to refer you to somebody else. And then, uh, it's it kind of snowballs from there. That's great. Now, one of the things you mentioned, uh, your dad's advice was about aligning yourself to the future. And it sounds, you know, I visualize that as almost like, you know, if you can spot the wave, then you can position yourself to ride that wave. Um, we're living in a time of so much change, so much rapid change. And especially, you know, from a tech standpoint, there's massive disruption everywhere. Every industry is transforming. Being able to know what's coming and positioning yourself in line with that opportunity is absolutely critical. What are some ways that you've done that that someone else might be able to apply as well? And again, I think it starts with small steps. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was, you know, kind of starting with with uh, actually. I mean, I would say it depends on where you are in your career, but but I think. Um, starting, you know, I, I, if you're early in your career, look at startups, um, just look at what are the companies in your area, uh, mm-hmm. what are companies that you find interesting and, um, and, and, you know, if you're looking for a job, you know, start there. I think that's a, it's a really interesting place to start uh, early in your career because you get to learn so much and you get to see so much. And um, in terms of knowing where is technology going, uh, or, or what are the opportunities there? You know, I think again, it's about you know starting the education process, and you can do that by you know these podcasts. Um, I think are great. I mean, I just actually compare it to like when I started my career in 1996, 97. Like there were you know there was so so much less information out there, and there's so much more information out there now today. And so you know, I think a lot about just reading and following people on Twitter and and um, uh, just starting to see you know what are things that interest you Mm. Um, and I think we all have a general sense of of where the future is and technology is where the future is and then it's just a matter of figuring out like what in technology I mean technology is so amorphous Mm -hmm. and what specifically in technology is interesting to you yeah Um, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing today and um, you know why you're so passionate about it and uh, why it matters yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just so excited to be where I am am today. And and before I get into that, just another thing I've been thinking a lot about is 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 dreams and goals to me are two different things. And to me, dreams are are should be be somewhat amorphous so that there's always it, there's always a next step because right. I think a lot of times we have these goals and then we achieve these goals and then it's like okay now what and um. And so what I'm really excited about now and, and the reason I also think it's just it's 
you just never know even where you want to be until you get there. And so don't worry that much about the future and just enjoy every step and make the most out of every step. And, and you know, I have had, for the most part, um, product management roles in technology in my career, um, also on the banking side, and I've now become an investor. And I run a, a venture fund, uh, Wedbush Ventures is the name of my fund. We are a pre-seed seed stage fund based in Los Angeles. Um, we, you know, we invest in very early stage companies that are their tech companies in you know, everything from, we're a generalist fund, but I really, uh, I really like to find founders who have a strong product uh, market fit or a founder market fit, meaning people have really deep um, expertise in an industry, but also have a very unique perspective on how to solve something and have just this execution ability. Um, and, and the industries I like are, are industries that I'm familiar with really in this content technology, uh, e-commerce enablement. So anything around making the digital commerce experience better, making it easier to shop right. <laughs> uh, without being, you know, as, as virtual as we want to be really. Um, uh, fintech and, um, healthcare and marketplaces are the kind of the core areas that I, I invest in. And what I just love about the stage of investing uh, is, 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 is you're in this phase where you're still trying to figure out like, what is, what is that, uh, you know, what is that problem that I'm trying to solve? And, and, and you're trying to build this business and you start this business, you know, thinking that you're going to, uh, you know, create a, yeah, I mean, I just think every single one of my businesses has morphed in the last uh, mm-hmm. in the last six months, and you just you and it's such an exciting stage where you have like you're trying to figure out like what is what is that core insight and what is like what am I really trying to solve and 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 for me, what I what I really enjoy is is being able to take be, help these people with these ideas solve big problems and change the way we live and the way we work. And that's what makes me really passionate is that I can provide them not only capital, but also my experience to, to, to take what is today just an idea to then become, you know, the next, whatever it is, the next Uber or Facebook or Pinterest or um, Palantir. You know, I think there's just been so much change and evolution um, in the last, I mean, especially in the last 10 years with, mm-hmm. with social and mobile um, and now 5G coming, I just think you're going to see even more change. And, and, and quite like COVID has been, for, on the one hand, so, so, such a, uh, a, a negative and terrible experience, not only terrible, but it's been a very difficult experience for most of us. But from a, from a digital evolution perspective, it's actually been really fascenating because I feel like there's all these certainly trends. accelerated the digital transformation more yeah. than the chief digital officer could do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, everything, all of these, you know, uh, to, to me, e-commerce was already so established. Like I, I buy everything online. I mean, Webvan came around in, in what was in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, Instacart, all these companies were still around, were already around before COVID, but just the, this ex- acceleration of acceptance of doing things digitally mm-hmm. um, is just is fascinating to me, and and I now think a lot about where does, how does it also change our social interactions mm-hmm. and 
and you know how to, you know and on a negative side i think a lot of uh, a, a lot of the gen z generation of vast over generalization has kind of grown used to to having technology on the phone and so the human connection has become more difficult so i think a lot about that as well and how do we you know almost like the 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 reverse uh, uh, of, of Facebook was connecting us in the in real world friendships in the virtual world. Like, how do you get get some of the the, the friendship um, back into a more physical way? And how do we use technology for that? Right. It's it's fascinating all the new dimensions and nuances that have emerged from, you know, this year alone. Just to see what has happened under pandemic. Um, when you you know one of the things that is often talked about is um, you know uh, women owned businesses and the uh, venture capital that goes into that or um, tends to be a smaller percentage um, what advice would you give to female founders that may be seeking capital but don't quite know how to prepare themselves or put their best foot forward or just make sure that um, they are um, positioning themselves successfully. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, a piece of me says it, it shouldn't matter if you're a female or a male, but I do mm-hmm. think that um, it, females in particular uh, just – tend to not have had the same experiences or the same network as, as men do. And I think um, also a vast overgeneralization is that women uh, tend to undersell themselves or, or rather, you know, want everything to be perfect before they uh, put something out there and will never tend to not want to overpromise. Is it again, a vast overgeneralization, but again, I I would, um, you know, one, just be realistic with what you need and, and don't ask for less just to ask for less. And so be really realistic about how much money you think you'll need for your business. Um, I have been just so uh, inspired by the, the the new women groups that have, have sprung up. And so, you know, there are a lot more women uh, run funds now. Um, and I do think it's changed um, the way um, companies are being funded and what kinds of companies are being funded. Uh, you know, I more than half of my companies have women founders, and and more than that, uh, you know, there are businesses that I'm funding that I just I, you know, one is actually a, a a business for women home based businesses, and this insight that you know a lot of women have not been able to go back into the workforce after they have children, either through choice or, or they just felt like they didn't have the skill set, but they have built really interesting skills. And, and, um, and how do you still monetize that? How do you still, you know, if you're really good at travel planning or really good at party planning or you're a uh, really good at organization, how do you still sell that? Um, but getting back to your question, like how do you um, think about fundraising? You know, I, I, yeah, reach out to, there are some great groups, at least here in Los Angeles, and I think in most communities now, um, uh, like accelerator groups or mm-hmm. mentoring groups that can really help you with your pitch and, and putting your, your presentation together. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, 
and then just I would start there really and and then in network and just ask for conversations with with investors in your community but really start with some of those organizations that are popping up that are really focusing on helping entrepreneurs and really helping them think through both the pitch deck but also their business and 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 uh, um, how to you know team building just expenses and and all those things that go into building a business Do you want to grow your impact as a change agent who ignites transformation in others, but you don't have a proven step-by-step method? Do you want to grow your visibility and influence as a thought leader to inspire others, but you don't know where to begin? The Beyond Barriers High Performance Executive Coach Certification is designed for experienced leaders who want to grow their impact and influence. Join this exclusive community of high achievers, advance your career as a leader, and experience the joy of helping others grow. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com and register for the webinar to learn more. Now, you also have a unique vantage point in being able to observe um, successful leaders. Um, what are some of the common traits and attributes um, that you find in those change makers and leaders that uh, are pioneering uh, to create the future of our world? Yeah. So, so I think the the one interesting um, thing about about startup leaders, I will say, is like it's this this interesting blend of of passion and and vision, but also execution. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think to get more specific. The, so you have to you have to really be able to sell your vision. You have to be able to communicate very well, and 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 really get people to to start any kind of to be a change maker. You need to get people around you who are excited about your message and excited to be with you. And so that the ability to to communicate effectively and to really synthesize a story, I think, mm-hmm. is extremely important. Um, the other thing that I think a lot about is like being hyper-focused. And um, so one of, one of my mentors uh, told me, you know, like, I just get oh, so overwhelmed. I have so many things to do. And he was like, just pick, pick the two things you want to knock out of the park next week. Like, mm-hmm. just pick two things and just focus on those two things and knock those out of the park and don't worry about the rest. And it's really hard to do. And I'm, I'm, I don't, I still can't say I've mastered it, but just having that, that focus, I think really helps because otherwise you get so bogged down with all the other things and, and you end up doing things that don't matter. And mm-hmm. so to me, the most effective leaders that I've worked with have, have been the people who, who can just be so laser focused and, and, and really know where, what matters and focus on those things so they, they can make an impact there and then the other mm-hmm. things actually just fall away it's really interesting like some of those little things that you think you need to do just fall away if, if you can if you can really focus on the big stuff that makes so much sense because uh, instead of having a to-do list we'd be far more effective if we had a to-don't list <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what is one daily habit that makes you effective for me, it is uh, it's working out, <laughs> and I say that because I think the 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 biggest thing for me is just kind of staying ahead of everything and not always being behind. And and I've just learned that to stay ahead of everything, you know, I need to have a mental break, and 
and it, I, I don't know if it's the endorphin rush or what, but I think there's also just the, the, the freeing of the mind. I think a lot of people enjoy meditation. Um, uh, it's, it's, I've, I've tried, it's not for me, but to me, like a, a, a good half an hour workout every day is something that, that just, uh, in, yeah, just resets my mood and, mm-hmm. and um, gives me that space to like not actually think. <laughs> um, so, and, and, so that I can start the day just on top of things rather than behind. Mm, I love that. Um, what is the one thing you wish you had found out earlier in your career or your life? Hmm. That's a great question. That's a great, uh, there's so many things. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the not being afraid to vocalize. And mm-hmm. and um, it took me a long time, to be honest, to figure out what my, you know, what my true strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, you know, I, I, I told you, like, I, I think 20 years ago, I, I always thought my strengths were different than they are now. And I, I thought I was... Uh, and I'm realizing now, for example, that my strengths are much more in, in the interpersonal and the, the, the empathy and, and being a sounding board. Um, and that's something I didn't know. Um, but if I have to think back, I think it's, it's just not being afraid to put yourself out there and being afraid to vocalize. And I think for so long, uh, I always expected things to happen to me. If I, if I did a good job, think good things would happen to me. And that does happen, but you also make your own luck. And so, and, and so not being afraid. And it's not about having, a, you know, saying I, I want to get a raise or I want a promotion, but it's to, to, because that's another thing I've learned is you need to have a two-way street. You need to be able to talk. You need to understand what is going through the, that person's mind so that, you know, your, your boss is also a person and your boss also has her own goals. And so understand what her goals are, help her achieve her goals. Um, if you make her successful, then, then that's going to help you much more than having a conversation about you. Um, so I would say that's one thing. And then the, as part of that is just, you know, verbalizing and vocalizing what your goals are because people can't help you and, yeah. unless you tell them where you want to go. I love that, you know, claiming your dream and being able to um, give yourself permission to say it out loud and then being able to make it happen. Yeah. And you just be always amazed. I mean, every, we all like helping. We get a lot of joy out of helping. Um, and so, so I'm always so pleasantly surprised that when, when, I, when I ask specifically, you can't just say, hey, I want to be your mentor or will you be my mentor? But it's like, hi, can you help me with my public speaking? Or hi, I'd really love to learn more about what, mm. what your job is about or how you think about this and be specific. And, um, or I would, you know, this is what I'd like to do. Could you help me? Those, yeah. those very specific asks are, are, um, are well received. Well, there you have it. I think that is a fantastic uh, piece of advice for everyone listening in to ask, um, you know, to not be afraid to say what you really want, to be willing to ask for help and, uh, you know, take action. So thank you, Petra, for being on the show. It was a real pleasure having this conversation. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. 
If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all resources for each show, including the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.